Bones are amazing things. They hold us up, they support us, they make us strong. But bones have other uses. In the past, bones were thrown by diviners, seeking out the mysteries of the future. Now the bones are cubes, made of plastic or resin, but they still reveal things to us. As they fall from our fingers and rattle across the table, the story becomes clear. Welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater, an RPG actual play podcast. Hello, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bone Thrower's Theater. We are going to go ahead and do a commentary on Zorro, the role-playing game. I'm Jordan, and I was the GM for this session. I am Jeremy, and I was playing Javier Rivera. I'm Aaron, and I was playing Antonio de Lombardo. This is Johnny, and I was playing John. Well, that was a lot of fun, guys. It was. was fun. Yeah, there, it was. Was, there was a lot of really good investigation. There was some intrigue, some romance. And then you ended on an epic sword-fighting duel. It sounds very much like a Zorro. Yeah, it does. Like, I mean, that's... <laughs> uh, some horseback chase scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody got some climactic moments. I watched two Zora movies and an animated episode of Zora this week. So <laughs> I watched one and a half Zora movies, and I read about 45% of the very first Zorro novel, in addition to like having to read the rule book. So yeah, like I, we've been getting a lot of Zorro on recently, and it's been a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I love the fact that this game came out, because when I was a kid... Zora was one of the shows I would stay up late at night to watch on Nick at Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Zoro followed by Lone Ranger. And, you know, it, like I said at the first episode we recorded, I didn't really know how Zoro was going to work as a role-playing game because I think of Zoro as, like, this very... The one hero. ...big singular hero. And yeah. the idea of Zoro's army was actually pretty brilliant and it was a really well done way to make these characters a part of the world because Zorro can't be everywhere at once. Right. And I think I mentioned in the game, the spirit of Zorro being in somebody. Yeah. And they actually brought that up in the rule book. Uh, So that was something that I was, I was pulling from the rule book. I like it a lot. And you know, if you watch the the movies, the shows and stuff, he does have a lot of friends that help him out. Yeah. Yep. And uh, honestly, I can't think of a rule system that would fit Zorro better than the D6 system. Yeah, I, yeah this works beautifully. Yeah. 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 And I, I like speaking to the rules. And I mentioned earlier, I go back and I was going back and forth on how much I liked the uh, static yeah. defense. But I think it really keeps the action moving and feeling like a true slash and dash type fighting style yeah and i and i like it and the another mechanic that we talked about is the chase scenes uh chase works they i I like how the chase works and i was back and forth at the beginning when we jordan you put it on top of it how we had done our skills challenges before where you pick one thing and then now you have to do something different um at first i'm like yeah this is gonna make it feel kind of cheesy but if you are you got to get creative with uh, some of the choices that you make in order to make those work. So I thought the horse chase scene, it was very good 
the way things were picked to try and use different skills to say this is how you're going to get away. Yeah. Even pulling in the, the Zora moment where he's standing on top of his uh, saddle and <laughs> taunting yeah. the people just chasing him. So. Yeah, I really liked that that imagery there with uh, standing on top of the saddle and taunting back towards the, the soldiers. Um, that, was, that was good. <laughs> there was a lot of fun in the way that chases worked out. I thought that you could probably do it with just like everybody, you're riding your horse, so everybody like in the, in the thing just rolls riding both sides. But I mean, I think that it was really fun to get creative with it and descriptive and yeah it yeah it adds more to the story to do different things to it and rather say all right you're all riding back and forth all right who's going to win between riding and now you're pulling other story elements in saying oh i'm going to try and deceive him by jumping over this this bush and cutting the other way or doing different things so i mean just like we talked about we've talked about before with in the d6 adventure is using wounds instead of was that uh, damage points or something like that? Yeah. Um, it adds adds more description to the story. Yeah. So, yeah, when we chose to say you have to use a different skill, it's not making it just a boring chase scene. There's actually details to this chase now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that actually ties in talking about how, like, you know, the chase works and everything to talk a little bit about the mechanics and how they've, they've modified things from like the open D six systems that we've been using before to first peak of what is going to be in the second edition of the D six system. And honestly, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, It feels really sleek, feels very story forward. Oh yeah. uh, Which I appreciate. Um, And we didn't even get to some of our favorite parts of the book in terms of rules because Character advancement is, yeah, character advancement is really not something you can do in a one shot. But I really like how the, I wasn't sure how I was going to like the non-explosion of the wild die on a, a, a successful six. Like if, when the six hits, when you have a target number that you succeed at before you even roll the wild die. I wasn't sure how I was going to like it because I always think that rolling the wild die multiple times just like creates a real sense of, dramatic tension and excitement until yeah. you roll like that yeah, one. As far as effects go, it doesn't really make much difference except for when you're rolling damage. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, and, and, and that's, I think we've done the same thing, you know, I think it was Jeremy rolled like a 72 and, uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, that high. but you know, at that point it's, and, and I think he what, he was he rolled a really high number and he was still rolling sixes, and it was like, yes, it, it, it succeeded. Yeah, it's 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 fun having a high roll result, but at some point, it's why are we rolling just to roll? You know, what's the what's the purpose of rolling once you already hit something like an epic success? Right. So, and we kind of had a house rule at one point where uh, if you kept rolling your six and you got so, so many levels above what the target was, you would get your hero point. Yeah. So rolled that into this system. Yeah, that okay. You get your epic success, or I don't remember what they actually call it, is you automatically get that, that hero point, which the hero points, they were 
at one point I, I said that they were it's a little ridiculous, which I think works well for a one shot because in a one shot, we've said this before. Uh, if this was a campaign, you get a hero point and you could use a hero point. And it's like, well, we can't really do that in a one shot. I think the system for hero points works exceptionally well for a one shot. I can see it kind of getting out of hand for a long campaign. But so for a campaign, though, you can also use your hero points as part of your advancement. Advance. So they take the uh, yeah. they take okay. the place of character points, right? And okay. so, and I don't remember if you could do a mix of the two. Like if you could say, "All right, I'm trying to get my uh, melee up from a, a six. Can I use three hero points to skip three stages of my advancement, and then actually plan out the other three through uh, a storyline?" So the way that I would do it, I would say that to, if you want to advance an actual die, you would ha- have to go through all of the steps. But if you want to go up a single pip, like from 60 to 60 plus one, you could just spend a, the, a hero point. You could spend okay. the appropriate amount of hero points. Did it, did it say in, I thought it said somewhere, I could be wrong, but it said that you could spend three to go up. Yeah, and it it didn't, I don't think it said it had to be at separate times. You know what I mean? Right. That's in the GMing section. So let me go ahead and pull that up real quick. No, yes. To, my, to what I was saying, I had forgotten to take into account that hero points are also how you advance your character. Yeah. So, yeah. Where it says, yeah, it can get ridiculous. So I think at one point Aaron says, like, yeah, I only do this and spend hero points because I got eight of them. Okay. Right. <laughs> There's no time in the history of Bone Thor's Three other than Edric Farthings, because Johnny didn't want to spend any hero points. Did anybody have that many? I think one point in Terror Proxmas, Johnny had up to twelve hero points. I think did, yeah. he didn't spend any ever. <laughs> and I got them all the time because I got to say my quote all the time. Right. So here's here's what the book says about dice modifiers. When you're increasing a skill after character creation, if it has a modifier that dice modifier subtracts from the total hero points needed to increase that skill on a one-for-one basis or reduce the numbers of required steps in an arc by a similar amount. You can buy a modifier for a die code by spending one hero point for a plus one or two hero points for a plus two. If you don't already have a plus one, you must pay three hero points for the total plus one and plus two in that die code. So Okay, yes. Yeah, so if you have... You pay one hero point for a plus one, plus the two hero points for the plus two, a total of three hero points. Yes. Okay. So that that actually, that makes it make sense to do like a... Like a a combination thereof. A combination thereof, yeah. Right, so at the end of like a session, so it wouldn't be ridiculous (laughs) to have eight hero points um, because they'd be using those hero points to advance something. Yeah, to up some modifiers and then just say, oh, also has it, you know, yeah, where you can take it. You can use your hero points to take away some steps from the character advancement. I think that's in there, so you don't have to go through like 20 steps at some point, you know? Yeah. Right. So it seems like they combined what character points did and what hero points did and then added some too, because one thing I like is you could use a hero point, and Aaron reminded of this to not be stunned. Yeah. yeah. Which is a huge benefit. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're not going, if you haven't gone yet, you lose that whole round. Johnny, you would have lost that entire round. You would have not been able to 
kill the fake El Capitan because you would have done so. Uh-huh. Yeah. So did you guys enjoy the adventure uh, talking about El Capitan? Yes. Yeah. 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 I think we got stuck on just coming from Elements of War where it's super investigative. Yes. Everybody's motives. We got stuck on, but we don't know why this is, this is happening. <laughs> we don't know why. We got to know why. Right. And we got stuck on that for a little bit and didn't act on anything because we were all just trying to figure out why. Sometimes it's fun just to let you guys spin your wheels, though, because, <laughs> because then you get even more paranoid. And then the answer, when it came out, it, to me, I don't know, it seemed very straightforward. So, uh, yes. Yes, it's just what we are used to playing. Yeah. A little, uh, I mean, it was good for a one-shot, but it, was, it, was, it wasn't as deep as us as players are used to trying to dig to find the information. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, so, well, so I... Oh, go ahead. I, I mean, at one point, I was when we first found the body, and then after I brought Rosarita back there, I was expecting, well, maybe this is actually her dad. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> and I'm like, well, uh, maybe this is not anything what, like what we thought initially. Uh, it was, uh, yes, my, my wheels were spinning. Well, if it had been a campaign, then that might have been the case, but for <laughs> one shot. So was no, it so, get the body and use that for Zoro's body? No, that really wasn't it. The whole plan was to try and get Zoro to come out of hiding to rescue somebody he knew wasn't Zoro. But no, but so the thing was, Zoro was out of town. Like you guys finished your mission with Zoro in the prologue. And then he's like, okay, I've got something else to go do. And so he left the area to go take care of something else. And he was completely off screen the entire game. Yeah. So the actual, the inspiration for the adventure. I was kind of at a loss because I didn't want to, at first I was planning to run one of the stories that was included in the book Uh uh, because the adventures are really good in the book. But then I was thinking to myself, well, you know, if somebody, if someone listens to this and they decide, Hey, I want to play a Zorro game, then we just spoiled a complete game, a complete adventure included in the book. Yeah. So I sat down and I did some research this week. And I found a website that listed all of the, all of the old 1950s Zorro episodes from the TV shows with complete, really complete. Yeah, I found that website today. Yeah. So I went through and I found like a whole arc of episodes about the eagle. And yeah. th- this idea that the eagle had someone in the plaza and was threatening to execute them and everything like that. Yeah, was compl- talked about the eagle in the game. I remembered that. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was completely from those synopses of the old TV show. So I took that. Rosarita was directly from the TV show. And I just left off some of the, the more fiddly bits. Like at one point in the TV episodes, Tornado is kidnapped. Then there's a whole subplot about gold miners which is where the, the bandits who were coming into town as like ranchers and, and miners what came from. But yeah, so I took from the TV show and just kind of modified it to fit into a, a gaming episode. And I yeah. think that worked out rather nicely. Well, especially yeah. those are half hour episodes. So yeah, it works great for one shot. Yeah. And there's something about, there's something about 1950s adventure TV that really speaks to role playing, yeah. especially for pulpy ones like this. Why I love 1950s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there's some really great stuff. Like, old-time Superman is some of the best. Oh. So, anyway, now, now that we're getting off onto Jordan and Johnny talk about TV, uh, 
if I if I was going to touch up the book a little bit, I think one criticism that I had was that like I felt like the chase rules and the location, the hideout rules, and the there's another section about secret identities, and all of those are listed in the game master section, and I really felt like those should have been included in the how to play the game section. I think it would have had a little bit more traction. Um, it would have been a little less flipping back and forth to try and get everything lined up properly. Yeah. And the hideout part thing I think is also interesting. Specifically, it talks about like building onto your hideout and adding, adding features. And one of the things that I thought was interesting was using uh, hero points to create that hideout. I think that would be, or to add those features, I think it's almost that's almost deserving of an arc as well. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, you know, adding, I don't know if we were going to add a library. Well, I think adding an arc of acquiring books, you know, what books do we want in our library? Uh, either acquiring a, a book merchant or, you know, something like that rather than, well, I paid eight hero points. So now I have a library um, would be an, another interesting feature. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but I, I don't think that the the hero points or, or the, the arc system is too inflexible to do that. I think that was no. something that you could easily do. Yep. And also one, one, other, one other thing I, I would have liked in a, a PDF is a clickable index. There was a little, bit of, a little bit of extra searching that we had to do to find things. But overall, I, felt, I feel like the book is, is very well organized. Um, the chapter on the, on the world is really helpful to get an idea. The history of Zorro section. Yeah, the history mm-hmm. of Zorro section. And the book is just littered with gorgeous art. Yeah. The, the Zorro, the people who own the intellectual property of Zorro did a great job of giving Gallant Night Games and West End Games access to all this really gorgeous art. Um, so the book is... Of, a, um, pictures are from uh, old Dime Store books. Yeah, old Dime Store books and then... There's some old like Disney promotional art in there, some graphic novel art. So it's a really good collection of art, really different styles and everything, but it all feels cohesive. So, uh, but I think one of the other things they could have included in, you know, maybe this is outside of the realm, but in the uh, history of Zorro, including some of the real life people that have been thought to influence the idea of Zorro, because that's that's actually what gave me. I mean, I mentioned earlier that that's kind of what I used my where I got my name was looking at people that kind of influenced the Zorro legend, or or have been thought to influence the Zorro legend. And I think that you know, including a a, a couple blurbs on some of those people would be valuable in their next edition of this of this book. So I know that they are planning on releasing more stuff. I, I watched a YouTube interview with the main writer of the book, Alan Barr. Um, and I've actually, I had a chance to meet Alan at PAX Unplugged, not last year, but in 2018. Um, and he was really nice. He took about half, half an hour and just hung out with me. And we talked about games and, and uh, we talked about Star Realms and, and talked about uh, like different things with the D6 system and all that. And he had, he was a really nice guy. He was going through food poisoning at the time, so he was a little under the weather, but he was still very, very nice 
honest and very sociable. And so when I watched this YouTube video, he said that they have more plans for a Zorro line. So things like that, things like inspirations for Zorro and like uh, inspirations for characters that uh, could be found in the Zorro mythos might be something that mm. they visit again in future editions nice. to, the, to the line. I actually let them know there, there's a Gallant Knight Discord channel and I let them know on the, the West End game sub channel that we were planning to play this on Saturday. And actually I, was, I sent a few questions over that while we were playing. Yeah. about especially about doubling down and he replied while we were playing so that was nice to get a ruling from the from the game author yeah pretty much immediately yeah um, and and that that's some good that's some good um customer service right there yeah <laughs> yeah all right gents uh any other thoughts did you like the templates that they had for the characters yeah they have a good yeah. Variety of- yeah there was a very good variety i agree on that johnny all right. I think that's pretty much it. Uh, I don't have anything else to do. go around the horn. Anybody else have any last thoughts? No, I don't think so. No. Okay. Again, we apologize for the uh, different audio quality and audio hiccup we've had. Well, I think if living in, in time of loving COVID has taught us, it's, it's to be a little more flexible and a little more forgiving with people in terms of product that is being put out. So... When you get a chance to hear this, just remember that we're all sitting like 45 miles away from each other trying to make it work as best as we can. So, all right. Until next time, I hope everybody has a good one. Thank you for listening to Bone Growers Theater. We are releasing this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. That means that you can share the podcast, but please do not modify it or try to gain financially from it. If you would like to visit our website, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater.com. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at bonethrowerstheater, and also you can look us up on Facebook. And until next time, may the bones fall ever in your favor. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.